North to Alaska on a cruise. Inside passage, outside passage. Should it take a cruise or cruise tour? Today, we're going to answer all those questions from a real Alaska cruise expert. Stay tuned. My special guest today is Barbara Young, owner of Cruise Holidays of Port Coquitlam, located in British Columbia and next door to Vancouver, the most popular cruise port in British Columbia. Barbara and her team of expert travel advisors have been meeting the needs of their clients in and around Vancouver and across the country for the last 30 plus years. Hi, Barb. Welcome back to RTE Travel Talk. Hi, Ken. Thank you. It's great to have you with us again, Barb. So, Barb, we get a lot of questions from our viewers and listeners about Alaska, Alaska cruising and Alaska cruise tours. Now, I know there are an increasing number of cruise lines offering this popular itinerary, mass market lines such as Royal Caribbean, all the way up to luxury, Silver Sea, and even some of the lesser known kind of expedition adventures, cruises like Uncruise. So I thought today, perhaps what would be great for our viewers and listeners, if you and I could take a look at probably the top three as you see it, that sail from Vancouver to Alaska or vice versa. Would you be up for that? We can try, but it's a big topic. <laughs> I can, I can get, I gather that. So why don't you give us kind of like a 30,000 foot level about what's happening uh, with cruises to Alaska from Vancouver? Locally, of course, because we're here in Vancouver, Right. I would say the vast majority of our clients actually do the cruises that are round trip Vancouver. Okay. Out of those, we have a handful or more that, that do that. And each of those itineraries and cruise lines also are slightly different. Uh, for round trip Vancouver, we've got Princess, Royal Caribbean, Holland America, and Celebrity. And those ones each offer different itineraries and different options as far as your excursions and that goes. So aside from those ones, we also have, of course, we've got cruises that go northbound from Vancouver to Alaska, either to Whittier or Seward. And we also have ones that come back. So that would be southbound. You can also combine those for a 14-day, should you wish to. Mm -hmm. The ones are usually about seven days each, although we do sometimes have 10 or 12 days also. Okay. So the most common is probably seven-day. Do you get a lot of people that might do the back-to-back? To, to combine a 14-day? Probably more than you would think. Right. Especially at the beginning of the season and the end of the season, they, they tend to be a little lower in price then. So uh, more common for people to want to do the whole 14 days. You know, each cruise line has its own following. There are dyed-in-the-wool Holland America people, dyed-in-the-wool <laughs> princess people, dyed-in-the-wool Royal Caribbean people. So we get all kinds of questions. I usually recommend that we look at the actual itinerary. Okay. Some of the cruise lines, because Alaska has so many more ships than we used to have, some of the itineraries don't actually do the inside passage right from Vancouver. So those ones go from Vancouver and go on the outside of Vancouver Island. Okay. And that sometimes makes the water not as smooth as the ones that are inside. So for us, the most popular ones that go from Vancouver go straight from Vancouver between the mainland and Vancouver Island and straight up through the inside passage all the way through Haida Gwaii. Right. And uh, those stops, that, that was our old original itinerary. And so those ones are still very popular. A lot of people like those. Uh, each itinerary also has a different offering. Some have a glacier during the, the tour or during the cruise. Some of them don't even offer a glacier or some of them are Tracy Arm Fjord, Dawes. There, there's just so many different itineraries now. Yeah. So really what it comes down to 
is having a good conversation with somebody that's experienced in the product, a good travel advisor in your corner to, in order to, yeah, in order to get what you want out of your Alaska cruise experience. Yeah. Yeah. You have to consider is that what, what's the most important thing is the ship the most important is the itinerary, the most important. Do you need to see a glacier? Do you need activities for kids or is the food the most important thing? Or are you just going to get away and because you don't have to fly? (laughs) (laughs) We get it all here. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, there's a ton of Canadians departing that port. Do we see, see a fair amount of our friends south of the border, the Americans departing Vancouver and doing that cruise? A lot of Americans love Vancouver, so we do see some. Our contacts are mostly local Canadians, but sure. there are often they're often joined by family from the state. So yes, we do get a fair amount of south of the border people, especially those that are towards the middle or the east part because they've not seen anything like Alaska. It's still the unknown frontier for them. Right. We also get a fair amount of people from Europe. This is still Alaska is considered to be an exotic itinerary, which no. for us is not so much because we grew up in yeah. this type of an area, but for those people coming from all around the world, from other parts, even from the middle of Canada, Alaska is still somewhat exotic and, and special. Alaska is beautiful and truly, truly would be exotic for folks that are looking for that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, the scenery is gorgeous. You have those opportunities to see the whale, to see the dolphins. I once saw pod of dolphins that were, there must have been a hundred of them. They were playing in the water. Really, And it was the coolest thing I ever saw. I was outside at seven o'clock in the morning all by myself eating breakfast. And this whole pod was right by the ship. It was amazing. So you mentioned the inside passage and the outside passage. For the benefit of our viewers and listeners, let's talk about that a little bit. What exactly is the most common, which I believe is the inside passage and versus an outside passage? The cruise lines are actually calling... Uh, all of the cruises that go inside to hit uh, the between the mainland and Haida Gwaii, they are calling that an inside passage. So I say they're not inside passage, but uh, when you leave from Vancouver, you have that option of going inside all the way up. So you right. go through, you leave from here, you go under the Lionsgate Bridge, and then you head up through Seymour Narrows, which is stunning because you could almost reach out and touch the trees on each side. Right. And that's pretty cool. And you don't get that if you're on the outside of Vancouver Island. For those that are doing the outside passes, now whether it's because it's so crowded these days or because they get to open the casinos and the stores when they go out there. <laughs> ah, there's a difference, right? Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's it or not, but <laughs> something that comes to mind. Right. But almost all of the cruises will go inside between Haida Gwaii and the mainland. So they do switch to the inside, right? even if they start on the outside, right? for the most So I gather then if scenery is important, you'd probably w- would want, for good, want to do, for want of a better word, an inside-inside where you're sailing between Vancouver Island. You start out and you're sailing between Vancouver Island and the mainland up to... I think that's important, yes. Yeah. Having said that, even when you're doing inside-to-inside, there are areas there where you are far enough away from land that you actually don't see it. No, exactly. But that's the thing that folks who haven't been on an Alaska cruise don't understand understand about it, I think, would be, in some cases, it's almost not exactly like a river river cruise, but close, because you can almost reach out and touch some of this landscape going by, right? It's pretty cool in some 
some places, yeah. yeah. Now, we're only talking about Vancouver. Those cruises that go from Seattle um, also, uh, they are usually on the outside of Vancouver Island and then point in right. to go between Haida Gwaii and the mainland. Yeah. So there is a... And, the, and again, there's the northbound, southbound. So you really have to look at what you want. So you mentioned it really depends on the client, what they're looking for. Absolutely. So if I've got a family and I've got young kids, who would who would be would would you direct them to for an Alaska cruise? Our first go-to would probably be Royal Caribbean because right. they do offer they have some amazing kids programs. All of the cruise lines do offer kids programs and a lot of kids spend a lot of time with their parents. So it depends also on the child and and the family grouping and how big the group is or you know, things like that. We get a lot of multi-generation families. That's going to open it up to, you know, almost anybody because they're going to spend more time together. Right, right. Now with Royal Caribbean, do they sail any of the Oasis class ships to Alaska or is it all basically the smaller quantum class? The quantum class can go from Seattle. It does not come into Vancouver. Too tall for our bridge. Oh, I see. Okay, so probably the Voyager class. Yeah, more likely the um, Radiant class for Royal Caribbean. Yeah. Okay. So if you're an old guy like me, what what cruise line would you recommend to me for Alaska? Oh, I'd have to ask you a whole lot of personal questions. <laughs> in general. In general. I'm going to pin you down here. <laughs> okay. Well, in general, I would probably start, I for one thing, I don't think you're that old, um, <laughs> but I would probably do a comparison for you between Celebrity and Holland America and princess and just see which ones had the itinerary that you were looking for and what inclusions you wanted because of course each one of those has different packages different inclusions different things that you have to pay for so or if you wanted to go a little higher end you've got some of those other options sometimes we have silver sea coming from vancouver sometimes we and we did have canard this year so there's a whole variety including some of those more luxury lines Speaking of Silver Sea and some of the smaller ship cruise lines, would the itinerary vary with the ability of, for example, a Silver Sea, Silver sea ship being only like 650 or 700 passengers to be, would they be able to get into some smaller ports? Would you get a variation there? Yes. Yeah, they do. And then they also, of course, Silver Sea also offers the Zodiac. So if you're going farther north, then they have that opportunity to land in places that, that nobody else can or that. Yes, on cruise can, you know, some of those small explorer expedition right. type ships. Yeah. 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 On the expedition ships, you can really you can get, really get up close and personal with doing a landing with a Zodiac. So one thing that I've seen by, you know, doing a little bit of research is the all of the cruise lines seem to have programs for people that are into photography and wildlife and that sort of thing. Uh, is there one in particular that stands out or or is this something that would be uh, applicable pretty much across the lines? I think most of them offer special um, attention to, especially photography. And so many of them bring on experts from Alaska, local people, yeah. to tell tales, uh, stories of Alaska, personal information, or talk about the wildlife and that kind of thing. It is one of the features of an Alaska cruise is that they bring in these experts in you know, some different things than, than you would see in the Caribbean. Right. So, 
The shore excursions in the ports, what are they like, Barb, as a rule? Like, they what? also vary. Uh, with Alaska, you have mm-hmm. the good fortune that most of the time you're docked very close to town or in town. So you, you can actually just walk off. That's why it appeals to people to do many, many times. They've already done the excursions. They can just walk off and, and still see something and still enjoy the ambiance of Alaska and the wilderness. But uh, for excursions themselves, you can do an excursion to a glacier on a bus, or you can do that on a float plane, or you can do it. There's just so many ways. And depending on which cruise line it is, some of them will offer offer like a, a sled dog experience, Right. not likely to have snow, but that kind of experience. One of the cruise lines actually has sometimes set up where they will bring uh, husky puppies on board. <laughs> and that's kind of cool. No, oh, fantastic. Uh, there's other, yeah, regular stuff like the White Pass Rail, where you take the railway. It's only three in the world, narrow gauge railways. You can take that railway up right into the Yukon and turn around and come back, or you can come back on a bus and have a salmon barbecue on the way, or do a little gold panning. Right. So there is such a variety of things to do, just a matter of picking what you want and booking those early because they will sell out. You can exactly. also kayak in the ocean. Wow. So it's interesting what you said. My my thought always was that Alaska is kind of like a one and done. But from listening to listening to you and listening to what we're just talking about, it's not a one and done. Uh, people can all. go back time and time again and have a great experience, you, whether you're doing excursions. Or you, you go excursion crazy the first time. And mm-hmm. the second time, you just lay back and explore the towns and villages that you arrive in. Absolutely. And if you want that other, uh, even more involved, you've got deep sea fishing, you've got whale watching, you've got, there is just an amazing variety of things to do in Alaska. So when's the season, Barb? And when is the best time, in your opinion, to go? The season for Alaska actually starts, it's May to September, basically. The first cruise is sometimes just before May. And we've even seen them go uh, sometimes the late September, of course, because their shoulder seasons early and late is money-wise, probably uh, more value to you, but then you have to be prepared that some things are not going to be ready yet in Alaska at, this, at the beginning of the season. At the end of the season, they'll be starting to close up. So if you can kind of work around that. Also, uh, even the glaciers, even seeing the glaciers is dependent on uh, the snowmelt. Right. Sometimes it's too dangerous for the ships to get too close. If seeing a glacier is your prime reason for going to Alaska and you might want to wait until you're a little bit closer into the summer to do that and of course with kids the popular time is July and August that's when kids are off so July and August would probably then be peak season yes absolutely and August is uh, probably the most popular time for people around here. Again on this, is it kind of weather dependent? A lot of people naturally when they think of Alaska they think it's going to be cold obviously uh, and cold no matter what time of year it is. But let's talk about the weather considerations a little bit. Okay, so it's all on the coast. So the weather actually tends to be mild in the summer. We always say take layers, you right. know, so that you can, uh, and take something that's waterproof. Again, it's on the coast. So just like we get a lot of rain, they get a lot of rain. And all the times I've been to Alaska, I've probably only seen rain a couple of times. Uh, you, you kind of have to take a little bit of everything. We've seen people suntanning around the pool in June. <laughs> and uh, we've seen freezing rain in July, so it can be anything and everything. No, so basically, your your advice is no matter when, no matter what time of year you go, take layers because absolutely. If you don't like the no weather either. right now, wait a minute; it could change. Yes, 
you probably don't need boots, but you certainly should take layers so that you can you're prepared for anything. If if you had to make an educated guess, average temperature? I I would say it wouldn't be unusual to be in the in the 20 Celsius, so you know up in the 70s, right? And even warmer uh, during the day, and of course your nights are long, so it often doesn't get dark until after 10, 10:30. So you get to enjoy a lot of the scenery even after dinner. One thing that I've had questions about on the channel is, well, I'm worried that it's going to be rough if I'm going to do an Alaska cruise. Is that is that a thing that it, that could it can possibly get rough or is it, is it is it pretty much a smooth sailing? It can get rough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you are uh, doing the uh, cruise that goes out into the big wide ocean, I would think there's more possibility of being rough. Uh, we have a rough patch here when you're going through Seymour Mar- Narrows. It's, it's a tight spot and uh, that can also be a little bit rough. Cruise lines are pretty smart and lots of times they go through the roughest parts during the night so yeah. that you don't feel it so much but it can also be smooth as glass so again it just depends on the weather we talked a little bit about the clothes that you should take we're going to take layers is there anything in particular that would be a good tip for somebody to take if they're coming on board an alaska cruise i i think to, to bring a hat bring a scarf and bring some little gloves just in case although it's often warm everywhere else if you are spending a day just floating around in the glacier when the ships go there they turn the engines off and the ship just floats in it. You're dead silent, just watching the ice have and the little animals float by on the little ice floes. And it's wow. very, very cool. And it's cool. Even with the sun shining, you're surrounded by ice. So it's going to be cool. Now, when I go, I'm taking all my photography gear and I'm taking binoculars and that sort of thing. But for those folks that don't have a whole bunch of gear, is there, like, for example, I would have to think that since it's so scenic in certain parts of it, the binoculars would be a very handy thing to have. Those are very, those are so convenient that they actually have a booth set up at the cruise terminal selling them. Oh, really? Yes. Even an umbrella. Some of the cruise lines will supply umbrellas. Some of them won't. Some of them do have binoculars. Uh, generally speaking, the, the higher end you're boarding, the more yep. likely that you will have those conveniences already supplied for you. They will also tell you if they have that available for you. So again, your your TA, your your travel agent is going to be able to tell you what you need to bring and what they're going to supply for you so that you don't need to carry anything extra. What about the the dress on board these days? Well, Alaska yeah. tends, because Alaska is the, you know, frontier, uh, they do tend to be a little bit more casual. Certainly during the day, you're going to see the vast majority of people are probably wearing jeans or, you know, very casual type of clothes, all those layers. During right. the evening, again, uh, normal attire, uh, unless you're on one of the expedition ones, floor ships, your normal attire in the evening is going to be a, a little bit more country club-like. They'll have a few cruise lines that are more formal. Even Royal Caribbean has two formal nights. Canard is a bit more formal. Uh, Princess has two formal nights. Celebrity doesn't have any formal nights anymore. They're just elegant chic. So again, something that your travel agent can help narrow down what's uh, necessary for clothing. Exactly, exactly. But we should probably address, like, the Royal Caribbean has these formal nights. But Mm -hmm. if you're not into formal... There's all kinds of other places on the ship that you can you can go to during that particular formal evening, right? If if you don't want to go to the main dining room or participate in the formal yeah. part of that, 
you can go to the buffet. You can have dinner there. There's other places sure. also that you can have dinner. Uh, having said that, if you're on Silver Sea and it's a formal night, then there are some places you're not allowed to go if you're not dressed for it. Right, right. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Is Alaska a good choice if you're if you got some mobility issues, or or how do the cruise lines handle that? Some of the cruise lines are, I, I think, are better at it than others. Uh, but they will allow you to have scooters. You can, they have the proper equipment to get your scooter or your wheelchair off and on the ship. It's not the end of the story. So it's just a matter of finding the excursions that, that, that suit you that are not going to be too difficult or too hard for you to get to. And once again, then that, that comes down to a conversation with your expert travel advisor about which cruise line is best suited to handle your particular needs if you've got a, some sort of a more mobility issue. Yeah, for sure. So are there any real, there, you know, are there any advantages of actually sailing from Vancouver for the Alaska itinerary? Well, you get to see Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> In Vancouver, the ship docks literally downtown, at okay. least right now. That, that yep. could change one day. But right now we are still docking right in the middle of downtown. You're walking distance to many things and easy access to some other main attractions like Grouse Mountain or the Capilano Canyon, Lynn Valley. People are going there now. Even Whistler, if you come in a day or so ahead, you can do a day trip up to Whistler if you like. Also downtown, we have Vancouver's known for fine dining. We have some amazing restaurants downtown, some beautiful hotels. Downtown. So there's all kinds of reasons to come to Vancouver. So in other words, Vancouver is an excellent city for either a pre-cruise stay or a post-cruise stay. Oh, it sure is. Now, we talked about the pre- and post-cruise stay. What we didn't talk about, Barb, is cruise tours. What exactly is an Alaska cruise tour, and are, are they a popular thing? They are popular. Again, something that's not as popular for the local people here, right. but if you want to get deep into Alaska, uh, stay in the wilderness. Uh, there are wilderness lodges, wilderness parks, very famous mountains up there. You can stay in, uh, you know, if you're into interested in the nature part of that. So some of the cruise tours focus on that. There are other cruise tours that although they still offer that, you're staying closer to the city, which gives you more opportunities for uh, other dining venues and stuff like that. Because if you're on a cruise tour that stays at a particular uh, mountain resort or whatever the case may be, you also are limited as to other opportunities to do while you're there. So you have to like what they're offering and right. you have to enjoy that wilderness experience and the right. sort of uh, lodge type of or type of experience. Again, there's a, a big variety that's offered and it does depend uh, somewhat on the cruise line and how much time you want to spend because the cruise tours can go anywhere from two days to 12 really? up there. So so you could have like tremendous choice. Yeah, so you could have like a seven day cruise, cruise, and then add anywhere from two to twelve days over on top of that as well. Exactly, and and you know if that's not enough time for you, or if the yeah. what the cruise line's offering isn't enough, you can add on again. Yeah. You're going to be flying home from there, or you're going to be flying up there prior to your cruise, whichever it is you do. So right, uh, some people will rent a car and drive around so they can see you know, everything they want to at their own speed. Other people will do the cruise tours because it's planned out. I always find that I see more if I'm doing something that's planned out than if I'm just left to my own devices to wander around. So well, makes sense. Everybody's different. Yeah, it makes sense. 
Well, Barb, this is absolutely super information. Is there anything else you might you'd like to advise about Alaska Cruise before we we wrap up? I would like to tell anyone who's interested to book early. Okay. The best rates are the farthest out, and the best opportunities are the farthest out. So we are already seeing limited availability on many dates through the summer. So really, it is something that you really have to look at. Again, it, it does attract people from all over the world. So you're you're not the only ones that are interested in going there. So in terms of when I should start to think about booking something like that, should I be nine months out, a year out? What? As soon as you know. But I, if you could do it a year out more the better really okay because as it gets as it gets closer to the actual sailing date availability gets extremely limited that's and right. they and they mostly sell and they sell full all the time pretty much that's absolutely excellent barb if folks wanted to reach out to you about a potential alaska cruise or another cruise to some exotic destination what's the best way to do that well you can reach us by phone uh we have a machine on if we're busy uh, our phone number is 604-472-1212 we also have an 800 number if you're calling from elsewhere, 1-888-245-1900. You can also email us at info, I-N-F-O, at cruisehol.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we possibly can. Perfect. I'll leave that contact information in the description for those that might like to reach out. Now, I always have to ask, because I know part of your, part of your job is not, not just helping other people, but it's traveling yourself so that you can get up to speed on all these great destinations and exotic ports and that sort of thing. So where are you and Ralph off to next? Next week, we are. We have been lucky enough to be invited to the naming ceremony for the Celebrity Ascent. Okay. So we are off to Florida for the naming ceremony, and we're following that up with a six-day cruise on uh, the Celebrity Reflection. That's our first one, and then next fall, we actually have in September, we have a group planned on Emerald Cruises that's doing the Rhine and Moselle starting in Zurich and ending in Amsterdam. That's an 11 day. And so we've got quite a few people going on that one. We're pretty excited about that and planning that already. Emerald River Cruises. That sounds fantastic. Yes, correct. We get a lot of people that ask us about Emerald. We'll have to have you back to regale us with your adventures on board Emerald on the Rhine. Oh, for sure. How's that sound? Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. All right. Well, with that, Barb, I'm just going to wish you... And Ralph, safe and happy travels on all your cruises and future adventures. May the wind always be at your back. And I hope to see the two of you on the Lido deck sometime soon. Oh, I hope so, Ken. Thank you so much for having me here today. Take care, Barb. Take care, Ken. Bye-bye. And that about wraps it up for today, folks. A very special thanks to my guest, Barbara Young of Cruise Holidays of Port Coquitlam. If you'd like to reach Barb about an Alaska or other cruise, I will leave her contact information in the description. If you'd like to reach us with a suggestion for a future video or a question, simply send a question to questions at realtravelexperts.com, visit our website, realtravelexperts.com, or simply leave a comment. We always respond. And as always, folks, if you enjoyed this content, a like, subscribe, and a ring of the bell is certainly appreciated and helps us to spread the word. So until next time, happy travels. Happy travels.